Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. And I'm Simcha. So what are we smoking tonight? We are smoking a Rocky Patel Vintage 1990. We have smoked one of these before, first season, uh, but this is a different size. This is a little bit smaller than the original one that we smoked. And a little bit smaller, that's a cigar aficionado term, right? Yes, yes it is. This is a so. uh, what looks to be like a 6-inch uh, by 50 gauge. I'm going to guess. And the one we had before was uh, a little bigger and a little longer. You, you can say girthier. You're not going to. Girthier. Yep. <laughs> so we're right. testing whether the size difference changes our perception of how good the cigar is. Yeah, huh. I, uh, I I wet the cap and I certainly gagged less with this smaller diameter. So that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> Easier on your pride. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have to open my jaw, like unlock my jaw as much. <laughs> are you doing just one one V cut, Mike? Or are you doing multiple? I'm doing the double. All right. I think I'll I go don't... with the the one. I think it's just a little narrow, but it is small enough. I thought of, I considered it. All right. Is everybody ready to light on up? Yes, sir. All right. Let's do it. Wow. So, first thoughts on this one, anyone? This was everything I was imagining it would be. I'm not an aficionado. I mean, I enjoy cigars, and I got plenty of friends that smoke them. So, you know, but this was everything I was hoping it would be. <laughs> nice. Like with the flavors. Like I've tried different, you know, I've tried different ones. And um, just with the, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to describe it. It's all good. We're uh, Hopefully we're a podcast for entry level or people that want to get into the cigar thing. We try not to keep things. Too complicated. Yeah, we try not to get too complicated with everything. <laughs> it's it's like a dark taste that's that's the best way i can describe it earthy maybe maybe not so I'm, getting, I'm getting a lot of wood and a lot of leather ah uh, there you go yep i mean i've tried really leathery ones so that's why i didn't want to say leather but it's not a bad leather taste by any means but it's kind of got that roundness to it it's a good cigar yeah it's uh, i think it starts out uh good on my end too what is everybody pairing their cigars with Oh, yes, yes. I'm doing the Hop Valley Stash Bandicoot Hazy Imperial IPA because I figure if I'm tired after the weekend, I might as well get a little extra tired with some high-octane brew. Nice. And you, Simon? Unfortunately, nothing at the moment. <laughs> I didn't like, you know, we just we just finished like a crazy month and like I, I lost my lighter. for like I've been scrambling to look for it. I mean, until we lit up. I mean, that's that's been a little crazy, but <laughs> just the cigar. Nice. I, did, I didn't go out today other than work a little bit. Sure. I have a Castle Danger Scotch Ale that I picked up directly from the manufacturer today. And then I have some uh, whiskey from the distillery in Duluth. Hey, there you go. I, I just spent a month drinking whiskey. Nice. I'm giving myself a break. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, because you just uh, and you, you we've been talking. Well, Simha and I have, and Mike and I talk. The three of us don't talk frequently all together. <laughs> what do we do? We we record it, I guess. But uh, you just wrapped up. You you read through the entire Torah, right? Each year. Yeah. And so you just now restarted at uh, Genesis one one, right? Yeah, and it's a whole month long celebration. Three holidays: Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur and Sukkot is what they're called, but you only see two of them on a regular calendar. But it's like this—it's crazy. 
It's the craziest. <laughs> it's always amazing, but it's always like really hectic and it's really crazy. And well, Nate got got to hear a lot about it. Yes, sounds like being uh, Jewish in uh, Chicago is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was pouring shots of whiskey and and giving blessings to my ex wife. She was there, and we we're like giving each other blessings and taking these shots. Everyone's dancing. It's loud. It's like an, a, an atmosphere. And we don't have our phones for those days. Um, so like, you know, we're not aware of the outside world. Sure. So it's a real amazing experience, but my tolerance went through the roof and I got really full of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like we all should have maybe gotten full of whiskey before talking about what we're going to talk about this episode. Uh, we are doing the long-awaited recap, I guess you would say, recap or review of the Ahsoka miniseries. Now, off the bat, I heard a rumor somehow that you liked this show. You know what? I've matured as a human being. The Ahsoka show helped me mature as a human being. <laughs> It was a real journey. Killed Mike. It was a real journey. Okay. So Nate got to be a part of that journey because I the first two episodes I saw, I thought it was really freaking awesome. Because, you know, they built up hype for it. Like, I knew, I heard about it when The Mandalorian Season 1 came out. One of my kids said it. I don't know where they got that info, but apparently it's been anticipated for quite a while. And because it's like, basically, they're gonna, we're gonna see the characters from Rebels. And I watched the heck out of Rebels. It was a slow start, but, you know, once I got into it, I binge-watched it. So, I realized quickly, very quickly, that I was blinded by love. <laughs> I'm so happy that you've come to the dark side. <laughs> Use your hate. Use your hate. Should we do a quick just recap of the Ahsoka series before we kind yeah. of get into it, you think? Um, I know it's one thing Dave Filoni did not do for anybody who hadn't seen Rebels. Uh, he just launched into what he thought people wanted to see, I guess. I don't know. I'll take a stab at it, and then either of you two can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we've got three episodes uh, the first three episodes, uh, Ahsoka is kind of there mostly, and she's looking for this magic ball map thing. And this magic she's ball looking map for the thing, MacGuffin. Yes, yes, the magic ball map thing somehow knows not only where Grand Admiral Thrawn is uh, because he left at the end of Rebels, and so did Ezra, but also knows where Ezra is. And this magical ball thing knows exactly where these two people are in all of of everything. And so they spend three episodes. Uh, Ahsoka trying to get that. She gets it, but then she can't spin it to align the symbols to open it up. So she has to call in her artist friend, who is Sabine Wren. And Sabine Wren looks at it for a little bit and opens it up, but doesn't record anything. And then it gets stolen. And then, but there's these bad people, but they're not really Sith, but they go and call themselves Jedi, but they're not also really Jedi. And then they spend a lot more episodes basically fucking around. Uh, I feel like Dave Filoni built that set uh, with like the Sith Stonehenge on that rocky cliff with the red trees in the background. And he's like, look, I blew my entire wad of cash on this thing. We're going to shoot every fucking episode here. And then they finally end up hitching a ride with these space whales. 
and go to this planet to find Ezra, and Thrawn is there. And Thrawn's like, I don't really care if we find Ezra or if the Jedi, you know, Ahsoka finds the people or not. And then five minutes later, he's like, we have to at least send out a couple people after them, but not too many because we're still loading stuff onto our ship. And they also have another Sith Stonehenge there, which I felt was kind of the same set, but they just changed the backdrop. I don't know. Saving money, I guess. And then Thrawn is like, here, Sabine, why don't you just fucking take a a wolf thing and go find Ezra? And so she does, and he's living among the hermit crabs. And so that was cool, I guess, if you like hermit crabs. And then Ahsoka gets there on a space whale ride, hitchhike ride, and goes there. And then they're like, they've got all these stormtroopers because Thrawn was back on his, he was like bipolar, like, one one minute he wanted to leave them alone and just load up their stuff and get out of there because he's been stranded there for 10 years because this takes place after Rebels and after Return of the Jedi. Now, hold on, Nate. Are we clear that it is actually 10 years or is it he some said he's been time stranded there later? 10 years. I don't know. Uh, yes. Does it matter? It Well, when we start to make complaints, I'm going to complain about the very first and the very second scenes of the very first show. Yes. Judging yes. judging by the, the size of the shells the hermit crabs were in, it was at least eight years, but potentially <laughs> up to 12 years because hermit crabs will change shells every, um, I think, eight to 12 years. I, I have no there we go. Idea. They were cute. And then, uh, and then, so anyway, they find everybody and then everybody reunites and it's supposed to be some happy moment, but there's all these like stormtroopers coming. And so Sabine is like, here, take your lightsaber back, Ezra. And Ezra's like, I don't need that. I have the force. And she's like, we'll take a blaster. He goes, I have the force. So then there's a whole like 10 minute montage of Ezra force pushing people in kind of like a really lame way. And then they go to raid Admiral Thrawn's shit because he decided not to leave, I guess, or not to move the loading slightly higher than a Jedi could jump or something. And then, of course, right. he takes then he has to go build a new lightsaber with David Tennant robot. And they had I feel like it was kind of a nice moment where he was like the only other person to use this part was uh, Kanan. Which was his his teacher, but you'd only know that if you were had watched Rebels. And then at the end of it, uh, Ezra gets on board with some mumbo jumbo, hocus pocus stuff uh, with Thrawn and goes back and meets up with Hera. And then Ahsoka and Sabine, the two non Sith Sith non Inquisitor Inquisitors, are also on the planet somewhere in Rivendell or something. And then uh, Thrawn is back in the main galaxy. And Ahsoka's like, well, okay, everything's cool. And then it ends, and you don't know anything about anything. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad summary because I'm kind of colored with my That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. And it, it was – it could have been three episodes. The eight episodes could have been cut down to three episodes. Easily. Easily. Well, I feel like this is what they should have done. Instead of doing three episodes chasing the magic ball, maybe don't have a magic ball. I don't know. Or if you have it, like, spend so little time on it, give everybody, like, a half-hour recap of what happened in Rebels because everybody who's a fan who had already seen Rebels would lose their shit seeing everyone. I'm talking everyone. Kanan and everyone live action, even if it's for one scene or two. And then, then, like, I, I, I don't like how Ahsoka got there by having Mr. Bad back. Uh, defeat her in battle, and I understand the actor was sick, and I'm not. It's not supposed to be a slight on him, and he's dead now, and so it's not supposed to be a slight on him. But like, Balin, Mister Badback, Sith Lord, or something, defeats Ahsoka Tano. 
But I liked that episode with her and Hayden Christensen going through like the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like that was good for like soul searching for her because then her character, that was like the fifth episode or something out of an eight episode series. And she didn't really feel like Ahsoka until after that episode. Yeah, it was goofy. It- wow. But can I ask, I, I got a question. When I saw the episode and I, I was kind of thinking, oh boy, like we're going to, I don't know, we're going to find the what's really special about Ahsoka. Like that, that's what I was thinking that it was going to be about. like. Her being somehow the um, extension of Anakin. I don't know. I was thinking deeply about it. Like, what are we going to learn about this? And it was cool because we got to see the Clone Wars. But when I'm analyzing it in the psycho-spiritual way or the philosophical way, whatever you want to call it, I'm like, wait, what was that all about? Was that just to show us the Clone Wars and how cool that is and have Hayden Christensen? Or was there something? partly, but I I think the bigger uh, subtext of that episode was Ahsoka was distraught because... Her master, who's supposed to teach her the Jedi way, is really was really teaching her to be a weapon of war, and that was the whole oh, dichotomy. That, right. that, that is that something episode. that I got out of that. Yeah, yeah. I think well, what I got out of it was that, uh, and the whole Clone Wars series uh, was about how the Jedi had stopped being the Jedi and started just being warlords, basically. Yes. Because who the hell sends out like 10 year olds with lightsabers to go and kill people in battles? Well, and if right? you notice, like in the Clone Wars, even in the uh, prequel trilogy, any Jedi is automatically given the rank of general. Right. But they're not yeah, going to be a Jedi is a general and a Padawan camp. is a commander. Right. <laughs> so, so you're telling me like anything that An- Anakin said some vague things to Ahsoka? Don't remember right off the bat that made me think like her inner person or whatever like in that way other than other than what we you know get from what you just mentioned in regards to soka was there a message or was it just about the fact that they were used as weapons of war does that make sense it does make sense and i don't know if i got a different deeper message Uh, yeah i don't know i mean i feel like it was kind of ahsoka's inner turmoil yeah i mean and if you had seen Clone Wars, you would know all about her betrayal and how Anakin was the only one who stood up for her, and she left the Jedi Order of her own choosing, uh, even though they tried to kick her, or they kicked her out, and then they wanted her back, and she's like, absolutely not. So I don't know if it was actually, if she was actually interacting with Anakin's Force Ghost, or if she was just having like a internal crisis of conscience, you know, and remembering Anakin in those situations. So it I guess that part's kind of open to interpretation. After the episode where we got to see her experience in the Clone Wars, I was like, you know, no wonder these people get disillusioned with the Jedi Order and then they go to the other side. Like Count Dooku, for example. Yeah. And... Well, and I think that that's... Uh, here's my thoughts, and I'm, I want to put this up out front, is for a long time I was rah-rah Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Right up through because they they were the ones that did Clone Wars and Rebels and they did uh, Mandalorian and I was not thrilled with Book of Boba Fett which they also did I was not thrilled with uh, season three of Mandalorian but they were always in the past they were operating in this like this gray space so they're almost operating as Ahsoka Tano she's not a Sith she's not a Jedi but they're operating in this gray space and I feel like Kathleen Kennedy is like the great eye of Sauron didn't didn't notice them because they were kind of operating in this gray space but then they started getting more popular than all of the stuff that she was like had her fingerprints all over you know they were more popular than the sequel trilogy and so finally Dave Filoni's like well I'm doing my Ahsoka thing finally and that's great and Kathleen Kennedy swooped down 
and put a whole bunch of stipulations on him. I don't know for sure, but I, this feels like this is a Kathleen Kennedy like bullshit thing to me. Do you, do you feel like? I mean, the people. I don't know. Is she? She's not a Star Wars fan. It depends on who you ask. Uh, the Force is female somehow. I don't know if you knew that. She was. Wasn't that the like, whole thing about her though? Is was she wasn't like. She was like George Lucas's. Was she like her his secretary or like production assistant, Mike? Do you remember? Yes, yeah. She was involved with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and, and their you'll see, and you'll see her name on like the latest um, Indiana Jones film. She was one of the producers on that. So she's yes. like she was given the nod by George Lucas when he handed the company over to Disney. Yeah. So she she was heavily involved with the creative process of like the the real Indiana Jones and the real Star Wars and oh so she's all got of this yeah oh yeah she's got legitimate credentials she was that's involved how with, uneducated I am about her because the only person yeah. like Star Wars theory who I listen to he you know has what to say about her so I was under some false impressions as to who she was. Well, I feel like she she's able to hate Star Wars from the inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. She, People like to poop she on make her all because these decisions. Yeah, her she's led the company down uh, in a downward trajectory. But realistically, she was a great choice. She's got a lot of experience, especially with the original productions. So she is was highly qualified. Her politics seem to get in the way of uh, getting good stories. Unfortunately, yeah. So some of the things. I mean, there's quite a few things that bother me about it's, it's it's it was boring, right? Can we all it say that yeah, it was boring? Yeah, yeah. It was slow and boring. There, so the one scene when they when they um uh when they landed, I don't remember where, but they landed somewhere because it doesn't matter. I don't. Who cares? They landed somewhere, and then David Tennant droid was like, "I got to go fix like some panels outside," and then all these like. Were they robots or stormtroopers or something? And then Sabine and Ahsoka went out with lightsabers blasting. And that was like a great scene. And I was like, holy shit, like I want more of this. And then David Tennant's like, well, don't split up. And then they split up, of course, because they have to. But I liked the the Anakin episode. And so it was kind of like, but that was like the fifth episode. I'm like, man, they only have three left. And by the time we got down to the seventh episode, and knowing that it was a miniseries and there's only going to be eight episodes... I'm like, they're not, they're, nothing's going to be wrapped up. They just don't have time unless it's like a three hour finale. You can't wrap everything up. Like, it's just going to be. So I don't understand. Like, everybody who worked on the show understood it was an eight episode thing. So right. it's mind boggling you would waste three episodes on a, on a magic map ball and one whole episode of Sabine in the hospital. Which she should have been fucking dead. You get yeah. stabbed in the guts with a lightsaber by somebody who is supposed to be a force powerful person. And you, like Sabine, is not force capable. She is just she is a Mandalorian. Now, Mike. She is now yeah. at the yeah, end. For the, yeah, it's ridiculous. But I don't she, know why they, they... But I'm glad they finally did the same thing that they do to these male characters from these legacy, these legacy or these canon uh, movies. <laughs> and they just hamstring Sabine, right? Like Sabine's supposed to be a weapons expert. She doesn't miss shots. She's a Mandalorian. And she's back there plinking away in the back of Ahsoka's ship and can't hit jack shit. It bothered and me. It's, and it's what? like she can't do anything with any of her stuff. She has to try and use the force now. Like she should be a badass bitch regardless of force sensitivity or not. Well, I mean, she's a Mandalorian who's a commander in the rebel military because she spent her entire life up to that point fighting the Empire, and she can't shoot some fucking TIE fighters down in a ship that she fought in for 10 years? How is that even possible? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And then Ahsoka has to go out and lightsaber a, a tie. I mean, come on. Lightsaber a TIE fighter down? That's stupid. Yeah. I don't know what I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I told Nate this after I finished the last episode. I was like, what the heck's going on? I don't know what's going on. I yeah, can tell I, you I watched the Ahsoka show, but I can't tell you, like, you know, the lore of it. What's going on? There's so many things that were like, I felt were unanswered for whatever reason. And they wasted a lot of time. And I saw this. I wasn't reading reviews. I don't have that much attention. I just see some headlines and was like, oh, they got critics already? Come on, they need to give it a chance. But every time uh, I was like, Nate was like, they're wasting time. And I was like, they are. They're wasting time. And then they were not specific on purpose. So the first scene of the first episode, they said Ahsoka Tano was a former Jedi Knight, which is a lie. She was not a Jedi Knight. And I, immediately I knew the tone was going to be wrong because they've already said something that is clearly not canonically accurate, right? And yeah, then the I mean, second... I kind of chalk that one up to like people weren't sure anymore because it's been a while since there's been Jedi. Mm-hmm. But it got, but when she didn't correct them, because in all the other series, she would correct everybody the instant that slipped out of their mouth. Like, oh, you're a Jedi. She'd be like, I am not a Jedi. Right. So like, that's when I knew the tone was off when she didn't correct anybody. Because everybody, everybody in in the past series had made that mistake of calling her a Jedi, and she's always quick to point out that she was not a Jedi. And I think she even didn't she point out she wasn't a Jedi in Mandalorian. Yes, she did. So why the change now? This takes place at the same time as Mandalorian, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, from what I understand, basically post uh, victory for the rebels after yeah, post, Ahsoka, post by the way, just fought Jedi. a war for twenty years as an agent of the rebel forces, right? Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Yeah, she's Fulcrum. How, you know, I thought that the Ahsoka show was going to be about her adventures as Fulcrum. Well, even if it's to find Thrawn and Ezra, that's fine. But my God, you wasted three episodes on a map ball. You know, you have eight episodes. You wasted three of them on the map ball. You made maybe like two decent episodes, one good episode. And then you introduced hermit crabs, which are fucking stupider than the Ewoks. Like, just put Ewoks back in there then. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Give me the Gungans. I don't need fucking hermit crabs. They need cute stuff for kids to buy toys of. I guess, but like the whole reason Ezra wasn't even wasn't around was because he was going to go learn more force shit from the fucking space whales. And so right. he, like when we when we see Ezra, he's supposed to be as badass as Luke is in Return of the Jedi. Like he's supposed to be that fucking badass. He's supposed to be as badass as Luke in the season two finale of Mandalorian, where he force crushes robots and he just goes in and kills everybody and does everything badass with the force. And then we get Ezra and he's like, I'm going to force push people. I don't need a lightsaber. You're supposed to, you, you should have been studying for the 10 fucking years, not dicking around with the hermit crabs. It's goofy. It's goofy. You know about the Ahsoka Jedi thing? Like, my love was so blind when I first heard that. I was trying to rationalize it lore-wise. <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? They could have just been... She, she She probably didn't want to get technical and say, well, you know, I'm not really a Jedi. Like, maybe that's why... Like, I was trying... But it bothered me, but I was just, like, trying to rationalize it. And my buddy's like, it makes sense, you know? Maybe it was just the lingo. But, dude, it's bad writing. Like, you, you can't... Stockholm Syndrome, bro. Kathleen Kennedy's got you. And I was like, oh, that's so true. But, you know, Ahsoka, she's still the love of our lives. The real uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> the real Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cartoon Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I just like I say, and then the second the second scene of the show, they said, "Oh, we're gonna celebrate these." You know, people and Sabine was there, and Hera was supposed to be she, there. She wasn't there. Yeah, she, was she wasn't the there. Tom she Cruise was down the highway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had a weird Tom Cruise scene. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the shot of Sabine's ass is is integral to the plot. I assure you. Yeah, it's so goofy. She's like a thirty year old person that can't handle any responsibility. But uh, they're like, oh, they pushed the the Empire off of this planet many years ago. I'm like, many years ago. What kind of <laughs> what? That's not a time. Yeah, you don't but I say feel that. Like, yeah, but like Thrawn was like, I've been stranded here for 10 years. And I think Ezra was like, I've been here 10 years or something. But that also like brings up to the question, and this is the same for most sci-fi movies. So don't like, except for maybe Interstellar. But most sci-fi movies, you're like, hey, I'm on this planet. I'm on that planet. And the planets can be any size. And the days are always the same. And the gravity is always the same. So, you know, like, yeah, Ezra, I I was here 10 years. Okay, was well, that 10, whatever the fuck this planet years is, or 10, like, Coruscant years, or what are we talking here? Yeah, is that 10 actual years? Is it 12 years? Is it nine years, right? Like, yeah, like, who knows? Um, I'm convinced can I, that can Star I Wars up... fans... Oh, go on, Simha. Sorry? No, I was going to say, I'm convinced that Star Wars fans can write Star Wars better than Star Wars. Well, that's why I was so excited about this series because Dave Filoni created Ahsoka and it should have been all of his his stuff. And Dave Filoni has not ever been this fucking sloppy in any of his other things. Even Bad Batch, he hasn't been this sloppy, right? He's been like on point. So it was really like a slap in the face to have Dave Filoni this sloppy. Well, on, and on writing, on, on staying true to the characters that he created and he developed. Full disclosure, Simha, Nate and I got together uh, after about the fourth episode, and we re- we uh, rewrote the show using all of the things they wrote and turned four episodes into one. And we cut out Sabine getting stabbed with a lightsaber because that's idiotic. If a lightsaber can cut the whole plating of a fucking spaceship. Dude, that's how Quigon died. So we know that's, it's yeah. a death blow. <laughs> right. Quigon's yeah. the- ghost is like yeah, raising his fuck? eyebrows. Like, what the heck? <laughs> Like I wish I was a pansexual, force sensitive Mandalorian. Then it I could have survived yeah. uh, Darth Maul. Yeah, a non force using Mandalorian thirty year old woman. <laughs> well, going against a sixteen year old woman, to be fair, right? A sixty she shouldn't even have been using a lightsaber, right? She's a Mandalorian. She should be, yeah. you know. No, she shouldn't be. And the and the blonde should have had a lightsaber with training wheels on it or something. <laughs> And where do all these force users come from? They're all supposed to be yeah. dead. Right? They're all supposed to be dead. That's yeah. the whole Order story. Order 66 apparently was the worst executed plan ever. <laughs> you get all these fucking force people out here. You've got enough to make three more canon movies, I guess, with right. Ray Skywalker and some kid that can move a broom, but it was never developed later on. And then you've got enough <laughs> Jedi for Ahsoka to fight. And it's like, well, he, she should just be going after Thrawn, and Thrawn should be a master tactician, not, not you know, trying to play tic-tac-toe with a screwdriver shoved in his frontal lobe. Like, what was that all about? He's supposed to be some master tactician. And now he's like, oh, it's okay if, if uh, the Jedi get away. Nah, let's send a couple of TIE fighters after him. But but if, if they destroy the TIE fighters, I don't care, because we're just loading up stuff, uh, my China collection, in case the Queen visits. And then he's like, nope, we got to send out a couple of squads of stormtroopers to fight them. But we got to get out of here soon. Like, everything's working to plan because we're just delaying them. Like, we don't want them here. But Nate, they had a lot of member berries. 
Yeah, we don't want it's them so many right member here. berries. <laughs> but we don't want them right here, specifically where we are. But we're not going to send out our entire force because I'm going to go back to the real galaxy that has real stormtroopers, not these dead fucks. I don't want them here. But I'm not going to send out my entire force. I'm not going to just carpet bomb where they're at. We know where they're at. They're with the fucking hermit crabs. I hate those hermit crabs. They come and I have to clean my boat before I go to the next lake or else I'm spreading invasive species. They don't carpet bomb them and they let Ezra on board. But then why is Ezra back in the main galaxy better than Ahsoka and Sabine back in the main world? Like, it doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't doesn't make any sense. Can we do, are, are we about halfway with the cigar? Yeah, I'm about halfway. Can we do thoughts on the cigar? And then I, I want you you two to indulge me in something that's a complete natism, and Mike will will probably know what I'm talking about. Simha, you probably know, except I've never called them natisms with you. I like this cigar. It's very good. Developing me as well. As well as the other one did uh, at a smaller size. So I think it's lovely. This cigar has helped me through a lot. Helped me to cleanse my palate of what I've been experiencing with something I love so much is Star Wars. Yes. I needed the dark, leathery flavor. Sometimes you just need some some dark leather in your mouth hole, you know? <laughs> you know, in all Star Wars, I have a lot to talk about. But when it came to Ahsoka, I was worried because my original thought was I'm coming on this and I'm going to, like, talk great about it. But when I had when reality set in, I was like, what am I going to talk about? And I was thinking of it all day. And right before I got on, I was like, I matured because of Ahsoka. Like I had this whole thought process that, that that's what I'm going to say because I was blinded by my love. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I certainly had super high expectations because up until this point, Dave Filoni has put out some of the greatest Star Wars content that's remained canon, you know, even after George Lucas sold it. Like all of those books and those series and things, all of those were moved to the extended universe, but Dave Filoni's Clone Wars and Rebels remained canon. And Mandalorian season one and two were really, really good. I really liked that. And this was kind of like the first like failing of Dave Filoni. And that's why I'm curious, is he just tired of fighting for everything? Or is he or did Kathleen Kennedy turn the the Sauron eye onto him and say, look, you do it my way or you don't do it at all? And I know he's got one of the three movies that are coming out for Star Wars, and apparently it's going to tie up Ahsoka, and Mandalorian will be there, and I think even Bad Batch, and it's going to like wrap up some of these storylines. But then it's like, but then now you're just doing the Marvel thing. Like if you're going to have an eight-part miniseries about Ahsoka, have it have a start and an end. You can have a little cliffhanger, but you can't present all of these things through the eight episodes and then not answer a single goddamn one of them. Uh, I think it's that not- your theory... Oh, go ahead, Simha. No, I was going to say, I, I have a feeling this is not Dave Filoni's fault. I, I, I'm George Lucas said he created a myth because myth means something. It's timeless. It means something to people. And even though he wasn't the best writer himself, I know I read a little bit about his background and that was coming from him as a person appreciating lore and myth and meaning. And I think I'm afraid certain things have kind of lost that. And I suspect it's who he's involved with. Let's put it that way. Rather than himself, if he did such good in the past. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like people do change too, but I I would be inclined to agree with you (laughs) and say that, 
uh, is probably the association, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, that he's surrounded with. And if he wanted to do a movie and he's going to get one of three movies because they canceled a bunch of Star Wars movies, if he's got one of the slots, I'm sure he had to do some things uh, to ensure that he gets one of those movies. But I'm still not happy about it because then it's the Marvel thing. And they did that with Book of Boba Fett where they sli- slipped two episodes of Mandalorian into Book of Boba Fett. Are you worried about the future of Star Wars? I honestly don't give two fucks about the future of Star Wars. I've got uh, my fan edits of the prequels that I really enjoy. I've got the fan recreated original trilogy series. And I've got Clone Wars and Rebels. So I'm happy with that. That's plenty of content for me to go back and rewatch. That's like asking me, am I I worried about the future of the fifth element? No, I've got the fifth element. I don't, I'm I'm happy with it. (laughs) I don't need the sixth element or whatever. Well, I guess I was saying like, I don't know. That it would ever lose its fun, but it probably already has. <laughs> it has lost its fun. And I mean, also... This, the stuff I enjoy hasn't lost its fun. You know what I mean? But right, like, right. Am I going to be clamoring to get the next, like, oh, let's follow that... Um, and, uh, you, and Mike, you might know the name, and, and somehow you might know the name, too. The the rat-eared thing that, from Jabba's Palace. Like, when he gets his series, am I going to be clamoring to watch Jabba's <laughs> fucking rat thing? The series? No, I'm not going to be clamoring for that. I don't care about that. The stuff I enjoy, I enjoy it, and I like it, and... You know, there's and I did I did like the moments and I and I got so upset because I liked I liked that Hayden's back as Vader and Anakin, but I got upset with Obi Wan. I liked the 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 second and final fight between him and Obi Wan, but it's Hayden Christensen, but he's in a suit. And then this one is Hayden Christensen, but he's not in the suit. But they de-aged him digitally, and I'm like, just let him be Anakin, his Force ghost can be any age it wants to be. It can be anything it wants to be. You know, it doesn't matter. Just let him be Hayden. Like, don't don't digitally de-age him. Just let him be him and be Anakin. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. I did appreciate we got to see that, like, Clone Wars-style Anakin. Yeah. That episode with the dream sequence was the only good episode, and it was because it was basically a Clone Wars-slash-Rebels episode that was live-action. Yeah, that was my That's part why of my favorite episode. I loved seeing Hayden Christensen, the actor, the person, call her snips, actually right. be able to interact with her in live action. You know what I mean? Like This is the first time they've interacted live action. So I thought that was really cool. Can I take a brief detour into innateism? Okay, that's fine. I, w- I want to, can I, I close you know, this yeah, up? Yeah, you, you, fin- you finish first, Mike. You finish first. Because, uh... I think that Filoni was pressured by Kathleen Kennedy, and I think there's evidence in the show. The last episode was called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It wasn't The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It was... Yeah, yeah. It was the, the Jedi... The Witch the and the guy, uh, war- and Warlock the, or something like the that. statues from Middle-Earth. Yeah. And then they fucking had wargs, right? Those wolf things are just wargs from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, and then they're writers, like they're warg writers. And then at the end of the episode, fucking uh, Ray Stevens is at the gates of Gondor or whatever. Like, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, it's the kings of Gondor. He's so, like, Gondor calls for aid and I will answer. Exactly. Like, I think that it's like definitely the Eye of Sauron is coming down and staring yeah. at him. And he's throwing all this Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis, like Narnia stuff in there. <laughs> so like, it's like pointless. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Other than like, he's just trying to hint, right? Yeah. 
Well, and so we know where everybody is except for uh, Shin, except for the blonde, non-Jedi, non-Sith apprentice. They were just kind of like, you know, but like we don't, ha- I guess we don't have to know where she is. But in terms of like finishing up all these storylines, they didn't finish up a single goddamn one. No, I mean, like, yeah, she's raising a lightsaber. The, 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 uh, what is it? Ukrainian model who is now apparently a apprentice with a lightsaber is raising a lightsaber at a group of war riders on the plains. Hey man, you know. hey man, the force is female. Anyone can be a force user if they just believe in themselves and try hard, okay? Look at Ray. Sure. Go along. The midichlorians are in your heart. Yes. She's not <laughs> she's not a Mary Sue. She's That's the Disney message of Star Wars. Been inside yeah. you all along. Yeah. I can I can levitate my uh my cigar uh, if I just grab it. If I just reach At least they it. equally screwed over a legacy character who is a woman, just like they've been doing all the male characters. I mean, yeah. I mean, because that's kind Sabine of like, was a great character. Finally doing it. Right. But we've come full circle, I guess. I th- I kept thinking they were going to have some kind of weird, like, lesbian tension between Ahsoka and Sabine. And, like, why, why Ahsoka was even trying to train her in the first place when even the David Tennant droid was like, she does not have the force. She will never have the force. And then, you know, like, and they had all these, like, weird moments, but it was just to draw out time, and they never did anything with it. And I'm like, well, just do the lesbian kiss thing then, and let's get the awkwardness out of the way so we can just get back to the storyline then. But I guess that wasn't what it was, so who knows? Like, nobody knows. That would have ruined just, the whole show for me. It was like a it was like a, a show about nothing, about people doing nothing. Simha, uh, NC-17, hardcore, half-an-hour love scene. And the starship would have made that episode. That would have I would hey, have man, bought this fucking show. On I already down. I already downloaded the porn parody, and it's way better. <laughs> yeah, that would have ruined it before for me because Hera. I mean, not Hera. Sorry, Sabine is Ezra's girl. That's why really. it would have ruined it for me. Kind of. What ruined it for I me know. is when she shows up and meets Ezra, and there's like fucking stormtroopers coming, right? She, she, they spend half an episode of her saying, oh, let's not talk about it yet. Let's just sit here in silence. Yeah, and then like, like she, he apparently told him everything. Well, what I really did not like, and this is how I, I, this is my proof that Kathleen Kennedy's stanky eye is on Dave Filoni, is when Ezra goes, so they killed the emperor? And Sabine goes, well, some people think so. And so that's the only, that's the first time any of Dave Filoni's stuff, even Mandalorian stuff with Lizzo, of all people, has touched on the sequels. And that's a, that's an oblique reference to, well, somehow Palpatine's back, you know? They need to forget about the, the sequels. Just, yeah, just the quicker they do like that, the better. project and, like, you know, make it like Legends. I don't know, do something. Well, and I, I heard a theory they were going to recut the sequel trilogy with deleted scenes, deleted stuff into a mini series, and that would replace the sequels in canon. But I don't know. I can't. I can't imagine they have enough good footage to do that because none of the three directors talk to one another about what their plot was going to be. So they're going to build up anticipation, and we're going to be having a podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to be on this podcast again talking about exactly what we t- talked about with the Zoka show. Yeah, we're going to say, yeah, so we were supposed to watch this new Star Wars thing, but we fucking didn't. So uh, let's talk about uh, the <laughs> fertilizer using my grass seed. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about my trip to uh, uh, Split Rock Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, Lighthouse. <laughs> I want to I say one of, the, one of the biggest things I had an issue with in the series. So, you know, they've got the, uh, they got the fight room, right? Like the training room on Ahsoka's ship. And 
they had that whole like super tense and really interesting training montage where Ahsoka went around and was like tapping Sabine or whatever, and she had the blinder thing on, but they didn't have the zappy droid. It's like, I don't know. The zappy droid's kind of fun. Like, it was fun watching Luke get zapped, and he squealed like a little girl uh, every time he got zapped by that thing uh, with Obi-Wan watching on the Millennium Falcon. But instead of, like, zapping her, which I, f- I feel is, like, should be a thing because that's just fun to watch people get zapped. I mean, that's why people getting tased is so fun to watch. Uh, but then, so they have this training room. So they're, like, apparently, like, training in there. They're sweating in there. They've got their shoes on in there. And then what happens? The dining room table comes out of the floor, and then they're drinking tea off of it and, like, eating food off of it and stuff. Like, this is your floor. You've been training and sweating on this floor. Do you have David Tennant droid, like, wipe down this table? Like, I just—it's like when Mr. Rogers started saying he was feeding the fish because he had blind— a blind girl wrote in and said, please tell me when you're feeding your fish. I don't want them to starve. And so he would always say, I'm now feeding the fish. Well, if you're going to have the floor of your training room also be your dining room table, please just show one scene of somebody wiping that thing down. I think we've all become better writers thanks to Star Wars. <laughs> Nate, that is a Nateism, 100%. I didn't even think <laughs> yeah. about that. I... <laughs> it bothered me so bad. And she's like looking at that cup, trying to move it with the force. I'm like, that cup is sitting on some nasty ass shit right now. Like, I didn't see anybody wipe this thing down. Uh, like, I don't need to think about the caramel apple vendor in Hocus Pocus 2. I don't need to think about the blue milk economy from uh, the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And I don't need to think about Ahsoka's training room floor. That is also her dining room table. All I could think about the whole time is how could a master Jedi on the council die from a lightsaber fucking to the chest? But a Mandalorian chick with no force powers, who is a legacy character, granted, and I like her. How did she survive this attack that kills everybody else? Yeah. What was the, uh, does anyone know what the deal with that green flaming sword thing was? That that witch that wasn't a witch, but then became a witch later? Uh, Drathomir witch? Like, what What the fuck was that thing? They just wanted to have a cool sword because they had uh actress who was trained in martial arts, so they had to have her have a sword fight, and they didn't want to give well, her a lightsaber. They finally had one woman, one actor, who knew how to handle a sword. The lightsabers battles were shit. Like they needed to use CGI to speed up those lightsabers. And that 80 year old woman was like kicking ass. Right. I posted about that on Facebook. I was like, come on, Disney, you can do better lightsaber battles than this. Have you guys ever seen the fan cut where they have uh, the behind the scenes battle between Alec Guinness and Darth Vader before Darth Vader strikes him down, which is what you see in the movie. Is it called um, Obi Wan versus Darth Vader reimagined? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like awesome. I, it's like I sent some, that to Nate. I think it's it was yeah. so cool. Yeah, some fucking du- dude did that on his laptop or you know in the library. Yeah, literally or something. anybody can do better than what fucking Disney is doing with it. <laughs> yeah, some guy is like a I don't know a hobby project did that just to be cool, and it's better yeah. than what we got. Well, and some guy, and I, I told Simha about this, but some guy, and he's doing this. He's doing, um, he's doing Star Wars, re, uh, revisited or something. Like he's got, I think it's revisited. He's got a whole website, and he will take donations. But he is making the original trilogy special edition as it should have been, meaning not changing and adding in a significantly smaller CGI model of Jabba the Hutt in a hangar bay than what we see like a movie later. But he's going in and cleaning up all the, the CGI stuff 
and he's putting in some of the special edition stuff, like the the uh, the much cooler uh, Cloud City backgrounds and things. But he's like filming. He's filming in his apartment. He's filming like the snowspeeder flaps going up, so he can he can superimpose them into the scenes on the Battle of Hoth because you can see the flaps go up in in the exterior shot, but you don't see him from the cockpit shot. So he's putting the flaps in the background. And he's also, uh, the last thing I read, his last update was he's recreating the Han Solo and Carbonite model to be in the same shirt that he was frozen in and de-thawed in, but it's not the shirt that he's seen in in the Carbonite model in the movie. So Interesting. He's, he's just doing this for, he's like, this is what George should have done with it instead of all these like added ridiculous scenes. Okay, yeah. let's do let's let's stage a coup. Yeah, <laughs> let's stage a coup. Let, let all of us, well, whatever people support the cause, take over. Right. So uh, I think Star Wars has uh, given me very little sympathy for the writers' strike that's now resolved because if 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 the writers are giving us Ahsoka, <laughs> then stay on strike. We don't need you. For anybody listening who has not seen the show, watch, is it episode five? Look it up. Uh, the one where Ahsoka has her, like, fever dream with Anakin, because that's pretty decent. Yes, that's, that's and then watch, the only decent one. Yeah, watch the last episode, only because my Sarah, like, had to stop herself from throwing her art project she was working on at the TV, because it made her so mad that they referenced Narnia and Lord of the Rings <laughs> in such a shitty story. And then... I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it bothered me. They got on these wolves that are basically wargs from Lord of the Rings, yep. and they ran towards a starship, and yeah. the starship was bombarding them, and they somehow survived the attack, which doesn't make any sense. Because you're on somehow. A, somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it, <sighs> well, And you have Thrawn, who is supposed to be a master tactician. Right. And he's like, hey. Let's just hang out here until the Jedi that aren't Jedi get here and somehow try and thwart our plans, even though they never really thwarted their plans, but they weren't all stranded like I guess he wanted them to be. But if you wanted them to be stranded, then send all of your people after them and let them fight them and then just abandon them and all your people. Like, who who cares? You're going back to Stormtrooper land. What was weird with the weird gold-faced Stormtrooper? I don't know. I thought he was going to be Ezra. I know there were a lot of people that... um, that were that were hoping who was it? There's some character in like Star Wars lore, or might be extended universe, like the Abeloth, who can reanimate the dead and everything. And people were like, "Oh, they're on the planet that the Force originated from, because it's like mystic being or this whatever." But they never really like they didn't wrap anything up with that, or they didn't even give enough like hints that it could be anything other than now the uh, Balin is having to hike to a volcano to destroy a, a magic ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they weren't inquisitors. No, they had an inquisitor. They they showed a real inquisitor, but they were not inquisitors. Do you know how inquisitors became to be? Other than like the excuse of the people who wrote them in. Um, they were saved from Order 66 because they were disillusioned with the Jedi Order as it was. And so they were saved, and Palpatine, I guess, used that their disillusionment to like basically make them Sith without making them Sith. That's what I heard. The rule of two. I but think that's guys, cool. These two weren't Inquisitors, though, because well, they didn't have the Inquisitor lightsaber 
spinny thingy. But Balin said something like he expressed his disillusionment with the Jedi Order, and well, I was that doesn't like, "Mean anything? Huh? That doesn't mean anything in this, because obviously in Ahsoka he, he expressed it. They just know, huh? I said this this series didn't care about anything that's uh, in canon before this came out. If they right. were Inquisitors, they would they would have one. Well, um, what even in Obi Wan, Reva was an Inquisitor, wasn't she? Yes. And she had the Inquisitor yes, blade, like the the circular uh, lightsaber thing. So I was just kind of like these two were not Inquisitors; they were disillusioned with the Jedi, and no, but nobody knows what they were doing because they never bothered to explain it. Right. And Balin was I always was hoping... like, Balin's like, I'm going to leave you here because I have my own mission. But he never explained what it was, except to destroy the One Ring. And yeah. then <laughs> Shin was like, Well, I'm going to go become a warlord with these other people that are not Tusken Raiders, but you know, kind of sort of our Tuscan Raiders. And we're going to wage war on the Hermit Crabs because that seems like a good thing to do. I, I was just kind of hoping that they would like, they were introducing, uh, you know, Balin and Shin as some like, I don't know how to describe it, like not Inquisitors, but like, what were they? Like, I thought they were kind of introduced a concept. Well, Thrawn called them mercenaries. And I think that's probably as, as accurate as the description as we're ever going to get. Because right. now that actor, now that actor's dead, so he's not going to be in whatever movie f- for Dave Filoni, and there's not going to be enough time because if Dave Filoni is going to tie in all of his other projects into this movie, there's going to be like 57 main characters, so everything's not going to get wrapped up. And I think that's my biggest problem with Ahsoka is they can do whatever they want to do with Ahsoka, but I said even after the first episode, I told my Sarah, I said this is an eight episode mini series. There is no season two. Why? Why are they wasting this much time? And then to have eight episodes and have nothing wrapped up, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, that's the worst writing that anybody could ever possibly do. The end of episode eight could easily have been the end of episode two or three. Episode five. Like, make that the end of episode five. You have three episodes to to bring closure to a lot of these storylines and set something else up. But at least you have kind of like... We found Thrawn. Thrawn's back. We're back. We got away from the Hermit Crab planet. We're back. We rode the whales back or something, or we, I don't know what, we stole a Klingon cruiser and slingshot it around the sun, and now we're back because we stopped ourselves in the past from ever going there in the first place or something, and we brought back a humpback whale just for fun. And, like, they could do that and then still have a cliffhanger, but at least have the main points of this miniseries wrapped up. Do you think that... um they are licking their wounds with the disaster they were not expecting and whatever? Or do you think that they're going to try to somehow, some way, due to the actor's passing, like, connect some dots? you think they're just going to lick their wounds and we'll never hear I don't think they're going to do it? that because they didn't do that with Carrie Fisher. They had, they literally had Princess Leia floating, unprotected, out in space. They already knew Carrie Fisher was dead before the movie came out. She's floating out in space unprotected, and they still chose to have her Mary Poppins force herself back into the ship and be alive. Like, you already, the actress is already dead before you edited this movie. You could have had her die right there, like on screen, whatever, and bring just closure to the character, yada, yada, she sacrificed herself, blah, blah, blah. No, we want her. We we don't give two shits about Luke or Han Solo. We're going to have her, who's also not a force user in some of the extended universe stuff she is, but nowhere in the movies was she ever a Force user. Then she's going to f- use the Force to get herself back on board a ship and be fine in issuing orders in, like, the next five minutes? 
Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And you already know she's dead. So what? how are you going to film the next movie? Well, you're going to use shitty CGI to make it happen. So that's what we're going to expect from the Dave Filoni movie, I guess, is Balin's back, but it's going to be deleted scenes from this series, and it's going to be terrible. Their de-aging was not the best at times either for Hayden. No, not at all. And it's like, who just let Hayden be Hayden for once. Come on. Like, you brought him back to do this. Like, just let him be him. I don't care if he looks like a farmer. It's it's an Anakin Force ghost. It can look like anything. He can just say, "Oh, I thought this was a I thought this was a less intimidating uh, form to assume," and then leave it at that. Like, who cares? Right. Or like if I, or he could have said, "Had I chosen a different path, Snips, this would be what I look like." You know what I mean? And then leave it at that because that's philosophical and it doesn't answer a whole lot, and it leaves the viewer to wonder. It puts questions, good questions, in your mind. Like, yeah, what if Anakin didn't hate sand so much? Maybe he would be a, a chubby farmer. <laughs> maybe he'd be. Maybe he'd be on a podcast about cigars. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. And he is a farmer. That's. I mean, that was somehow. That's a joke that I, I mean, told that's Nate. The point. I mean, yeah. he is a he is a farmer. So he looks like a farmer. He just does, right? Right. Uh, but why not just let him be? You know, a 40, 50 year old farmer guy. With a fucking Jedi costume on. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, at this point, who cares? Like, we just, we're, we're glad he's back. And he agreed to do this. Just give us Hayden. We don't need to see him with all the de-aging and the Vader mask and everything. And But yeah, I mean, I, that episode was my favorite episode, I think, of the series. It made me desire more interactions at some point in lore with, with Anakin's Force Ghost. Because, like, I don't know, I, I learned about Darth Revan... And he was, you know, uh, you know about Darth Revan? I know that. He was a Jedi, and then he became a Sith, and then he went back to being a Jedi, but he didn't go to the temple because he was kind of ashamed. And he got married, and basically, the concept is, he's balanced because of it. Like, that's balance, if that makes sense at all. Like, he thought the the Jedi Council was wrong for marriage, like, for prohibiting that type of attachment. And so because of it, and what he did, he's... It's balance. Makes it like the ideal force user, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of like fan theories about maybe that the, well, that the Jedi Council basically caused the Clone Wars. <laughs> I mean, you know, and Palpatine, but their hubris, I guess, kind of forced other events into, into action. And had they just said like, yeah, you know what, Anakin, fucking Mary Padme, who gives a shit? Then I right. wouldn't have Darth Vader. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've seen the meme where it's like, Anakin, why don't you just leave the Jedi Order and become my personal bodyguard slash husband? Yeah. And then it's like, they're not going to take your force powers Lucas. away. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to take your force powers away. And they're certainly not going to take your lightsaber. So, yeah. Or the, uh, with, was it Samuel Jackson? Where he like straight up when Anakin's like he deserves a trial and, and he's like no motherfucker and then it's like okay well you do that uh, give me one thing I just want to marry Padme or get her medical care because she's pregnant and then he's like that's an odd request but that's okay and then it's like written and directed by George Lucas <laughs> that everything's fine <laughs> I love those yeah but do you, I mean is a Force Ghost first off like a conscious being or is that like some sort of imprint? Like is that Anakin as no, he I is think now? That's the next. That's the next phase of the Force because uh, Yoda was hinting at that teaching Obi Wan at the end of the sequel trilogy about how to channel that to become a Force ghost later. I thought Anakin was gonna tell Ahsoka like who he is now, 
or say something like that. But see, this is this is me as somebody who's obsessed with Star Wars. This is the stuff I'm looking for, <laughs> you know. So I was kind of like, like, we know Obi Wan became a Force ghost because he was a Force ghost in the original trilogy, even before the sequels came out, and he was an active participant. Right, like he was actively like that's right. You know, when when Luke was going down the trench in the X wing, you know, use the force, trust your instincts, don't use the targeting computer. Like he was an active participant in events because Anna or uh, Luke's first instinct was to use the computer, the targeting computer. And I don't, I don't feel like that was him remembering the stuff Obi Wan would have said. And then when at the end, when he had Obi Wan, the Force Ghost, and then Anakin's Force Ghost. At the end, I felt like those were them in the Force afterlife, witnessing the events as they were unfolding. You know, and especially when in the in the prequels, Yoda was saying like Obi Wan, I can send you somewhere where you can learn stuff and to touch to tap into that kind of like Force Ghost stuff. Like there was some reference in there about that. Hmm. Also, in the last episode, they had Anakin's Force Ghost. In the distance on the magic yes, planet, yeah, I saw with that. yeah, after it was, I can't remember if it was before or after the Lord of the Rings scene with Ray, but uh, Ray Stevens, yeah. not Ray, the yeah, Lady uh, Ray, Ray Skywalker, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ray Palpatine. Oh, that was bittersweet. Anakin and Ahsoka. <laughs> the second when I was showing my children the those scenes, I started to think, wow, this is really sad. It's like bittersweet. But yeah, I pretty much liked all the Ahsoka and Anakin interaction stuff, and it could have just been a full mini series about that. It yeah. could have been a lot of things. Any almost anything <laughs> yeah. else would have been better. It this was been good. pathetic. I mean, yeah, yeah. I wanted the I wanted Fulcrum. That's what I wanted. I want him to fill the gap before the Mandalorian and after uh, the Ahsoka book that I sent you, Nate. You know yep. where it's yep. like that was a good book. Yeah, I wanted the Fulcrum years explained. Well, and even if they just hinted at the Fulcrum years, but there was no mention of Fulcrum whatsoever, and it was just like, Ahsoka is lame. Like, she didn't do anything. She didn't have any strong desire. She wasn't even in most of the episodes, you know, like a majority of the episodes. Right. And the politics didn't make sense either, because they're like, yeah. oh, Ahsoka's going to go and chase down these Force users, and she says the Thrawn's back. And they're like, well, who cares what she says? It's like, bitch, she's Fulcrum. That's why you care. This is her job. Yeah, well, but also, like... Who cares? Because she doesn't really, she's not a Jedi and she's not a Sith. So she doesn't really have to listen to anybody's bullshit. And then they have C-3PO come in and be like, Leia gave her her consent to this thing. And then it's like, that scene took forever. And it's like, I don't need C-3PO in this. You know, like have Chopper come in and say, fuck you to everybody. Like that's more in character than anything else. Right. Dude, I'm such a fanboy. When C-3PO came on, I was like, oh, Sarah was excited <laughs> until she heard what C-3PO said, and she's like, that is so lame. Yeah, this is some bullshit. <laughs> like some that is so shit. lame. What is the point of any of this? Like, isn't that green woman supposed to be an important person? <laughs> yeah, just let, just let Hera do what Hera does. Like, she's already yeah. proven herself. You don't need to have a whole, like, Senate inquiry into her actions. Like, just let her let her go. Like, you've won the war. What, what, why do you, what do you need her for here? You don't have other people that can pilot an X-Wing and blast Imperial scum. You know what I mean? Like, Right. The political interactions like made me think that this is just another government that's going to make people disillusioned and it's going to cause, you know, 
That's where yeah, Kylo that's Ren they want you to think so that yeah, so that they can set up the sequel trilogy and somehow try and salvage the sequel trilogy by retconning a whole bunch of shit. Yep. I had to say, guys, my fingers are burning. I don't know yeah, about mine yours. Mine too. Mine too. Yeah, mine too. Bottom line, we love Ahsoka. She's our girl. And watch the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars are great. Watch Rebels. Rebels is great. Watch I like Rebels. the general concept of the adult Ahsoka. Ahsoka, but like, I'm just really, you know, kind of hoping that. If Ahsoka continues in any way, shape, or form in the whole series and the whole franchise, that they do it, they you know they stay true to the Ahsoka that we fell in love with. Right, they set I, the bar so low with this series for me to hold out any hope on that. But I think the important thing is is that we all love Star Wars. We we don't love everything that Star Wars has put out for sure, and we've got strong ideas of what this could have been or should have been, and we were left disappointed. Let's take over. Coup attempt. Right. Yeah. I was very disappointed because they shit all over all of the good characters they've had since the original series, <laughs> basically. Yeah. They basically I mean, shit, shit on Hera because she wasn't Hera until like the sixth episode. Right. They and shit on Sabine. They shit on Ahsoka because she wasn't Ahsoka until after the fifth episode. And then they yep. shit on Sabine because she was, I'm just going to say, borderline retarded for the whole series, basically. Yep. And they shit on Thrawn. They shit on Thrawn. <laughs> Because like he like I feel like I could beat him at tic tac toe like after this new move this new series like tactician my butt like, right they shit on think, Ezra he, he he couldn't think himself out of a paper bag it's like oh you witches can you get me out of this paper bag and they'd be like yeah sure here's the opening and he'd be like splendid now I will destroy those Jedi or not because I'm trying to load my ship but how long does loading take I don't know I never thought about that um, yeah and they shit on Ezra they kind of shit on the hermit crabs too but the hermit crabs are weird yeah i mean i it's, it's fine uh, they're trying to sell toys it's okay they want you to but, buy like, them. but like what like Ezra has to have companions bit. he can't just be chilling with space whales you know what i mean like you already have the space whales you could sell space whale plushies all day long I don't e- want a ezra with toy. the full power of the force and like uh i thought he was gonna be like the force beast that they found yeah, in the desert too. you know what i mean like if he was like the force beast then he could be with the crab people. That's cool. Yeah, I don't he could care be like who he's chilling with as long as he's a badass Jedi yeah. motherfucker. You know what I mean? And then he's like the warg warriors, the the warg riders come up and the little orc band and he like forces yeah. them into nothingness or whatever. Yeah. You know, he just like he like he like snaps his fingers and they cease to exist. And then right. like Sabine's like, What did you just do? And he's like, Oh, I just snuffed out their life flame. No big deal. And then you'd be like, Holy shit. But no, instead of that, what do we get? We get Ahsoka Tano fondling the goddamn fucking magic map ball. And like, ooh, Sabine went with them willingly. Oh, I have memories from this. This ball has memories. So what? The ball now also can tell you where Thrawn is. And nobody else knows. Nobody knows where Thrawn is. But somehow this magic ball knows where Thrawn is and knows that Sabine went with these people willingly. But yet when they, when Obi-Wan Kenobi hands luke the youngling slayer 2000 he doesn't say wow this killed a lot of kids he's like oh cool <laughs> right right yeah this killed a lot of sand people and children yes and droids and the women and, too and separatists and <laughs> not just the men but the women and the children too <laughs> yeah like come on like you're just inventing force things now because your writing sucks. They can't follow the rules. 
Right? The rules you know? are what give sci-fi and fantasy stories legitimacy. You have to follow the rules internal to the story. Yeah, you, you can't can just have whatever rules you want, but then you have to follow them. Right. That's the limitations are why it's interesting to watch them overcome. It's so I, I know I mentioned it a few times, but I listen to Star Wars theory when I'm hungry for Star Wars. And uh, long story, just Google Star Wars theory versus Disney. Um, but, you know, I listened to quite a bit of his stuff and I would like love to talk to that guy. That guy is I mean, he's very passionate. He made a fan film about Darth Vader. Well done. And there was supposed to be like, you know, it was a short film, but it was very good. And he was trying a bigger project. And I guess something happened. Disney, they, they don't have a good relationship. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure now that Disney owns it, they don't have a good relationship with anybody that wants to do any fan fan stuff with uh, Star Wars. But he was, he did such a good job. Yeah, I like that. You sent me one of the shorts. That was good. Guys, you should talk to Star Wars Theory one day. I could listen <laughs> to that all day. Yeah. We'd be happy to. Well, we'll have our one on a video. The guy was like in tears. His face, he was, I mean, it's a whole thing. He's very passionate. Maybe that's kind of like the same wavelength I am. Not in like a weird obsessed way. I don't have much paraphernalia. I'm just saying like, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess that's the ask then, uh, Keith and Dev. If you know the Star Wars theory guy, <laughs> uh, hook us up. You know, we'll talk to him. Uh, yes. He he can pick the cigar. Yes, if we will get it. Or, you know, if he wants us to guest on his podcast, we'll still smoke a cigar and we'll just mention it at the inopportune times. <laughs> I want to at least touch the sleeve of the shirt. Okay, no, that was a joke. <laughs> hey man, whatever yeah, you're you into, you we can't we can't judge anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, judging. One thing, one thing Kathleen Kennedy told told us is if we judge, then we're the toxic Star Wars fan base. So Ahsoka yes. was great. I love it. Go watch it. Consume. Put on your sunglasses and consume. And uh, keep Disney in power forever. Don't Do waste not watch your time it. With it if you're trying to like you know thinking it's going to build on lore. Yeah, I was I was I was kind of like, and I've seen Rebels. But I'm guessing the large populace of people that watched Ahsoka because of her brief cameo in Mandalorian had not have not seen Rebels. And to not do any sort of catch up, like here's 15 minutes of the summation of what happened in Rebels and who these characters are, I feel like this was a huge disservice. Like even as somebody who's seen Rebels, I'm like, just doesn't have to be long. But you don't need three episodes on the map ball. Give us, Give us like... 15, 20, maybe half an hour on a summation of Rebels at the first episode, and then let's rock and roll. My Sarah was totally lost about why she was supposed to care about Sabine yeah. or Hera. She had no idea why Hera's kid was just a human with green hair. Like, she, she that threw her off. She's like, you know, yeah. there should be some more indications that this is her biological child, right? Like, and that threw me off, too. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like half alien, half human, or whatever, you know. Yeah, it was awful. So many awful things. Something different. They need to change the title and then make a real series called Ahsoka and give us what we want. <laughs> yeah, call this one, call this one um, Star Trek 3 The Search for Thrawn or something. If this adult Ahsoka is to exist in the Star Wars universe the way her young self has. Let's explore that, man. That's all. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Give us a show about her. Right. 
Yeah, this well, it's one like was Boba almost Fett. like this it's one was like, like Sabine. This one should have just been called Sabine. Yep. Yeah, Boba Sabine Fett wasn't about Boba Fett everything. either. No. I do they appreciate that that Obi Wan was about Obi Wan and they did, you know, feed my craving for him and what happened between him and Anakin. Why I did he like know the Princess Leia? Yeah, huh? there was a lot of problems with Obi Wan. I yeah, think well. <laughs> the best, the best, the, my favorite parts of Obi Wan were his like introspections on his failings as Anakin's yeah, te- that's teacher. What I like. But everything else is pretty dumb because it's like he's hanging out with Leia, and then like Luke is there, and Luke in the original trilogy is like Tatooine's so boring. I just want to leave, but he's like running for his life from an Inquisitor. But they have to make Luke still think Tatooine's boring. So what's the best solution for that? A concussion, of course. So, I mean, that's not super lazy <laughs> writing. You know, like just can just like you can do Obi-Wan. You can have him be introspective, but don't involve Luke and Leia. Just have him go and try and find one of his Jedi buddies who he thought was survived Order 66. Like just these small little tweaks would make these things make a lot more sense. It did make Instead for some good to, memes. Well, yeah. Instead of well, trying to said, pigeonhole like, them into everything else, you know what I mean? They they're pigeonholing everything into everything, and it's like the Marvel universe. Now we got to watch everything to understand anything. I'm fine with that, but they have to have to produce good content if that's going to be the case. You know? Yeah. That's they're taking it, vast liberties with that style of, and everything's got to be self-contained. If you're doing a mini series, it's got to be self-contained. I guess like the Obi Wan thing was self-contained because the plot with him and Leia resolved at the end but there was no resolution in ahsoka at all like zero resolution of anything that, that no, was nothing was done what i can done. i i can i can sum up the whole story they found out that thrawn and ezra were in a different universe they and went they to that places. other universe <laughs> and they swapped places yes and then they had a bunch of iconography from movies and franchises that are infinitely superior to the show and yes. it's like infuriating yeah very frustrating. By the way, my cigar, my fingers are burning as well. Yep, I just but put like, mine there's out. There's like so much we could like for days on this. <laughs> like that's <laughs> for yes. days. But it's all uh, going to be the same forever. shit. They're just whining and complaining about how bad it was, basically. I mean, Before probably. the Ahsoka show, the, who, the person I was would have like philosophized all the things they didn't resolve. Like I would build on these philosophies and theories, but I had reality check. It's just bad writing. I don't need to bust my brain on like, you know, connecting to, I enjoy doing it. That's why I do it. I'm saying like, you know, it's, it's oh, a yeah. I mean, we all enjoy like, I mean, even if, it, even if they shit all over our favorite stuff, it's still enjoyable to go and like break it down and like explain why it was bad or how it was bad or what we would have done different or better. So I guess like in that sense, it was a win, right? If they want us to talk about it and they want us to be like passionate about it. But when we say it sucks and here's like three things you could have done just out of the gate to make it better. And then they will call us toxic. Like we're the toxic fan base now. Like that's not that's not what we're about. I mean, it's supposed to be supposed to have civil conversations about stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all for Ahsoka and Sabine going around and having adventures. Like that oh, would have yeah. been great, but uh, Sabine doesn't need to be a fucking Jedi. That's ridiculous. It's no, pointless. That's, ridiculous. that's stupid. What I would it's have stupid. loved to see because they already had a live action. Um, uh, the blue guy. Sorry, spacing. Thrawn. Uh, no, no. Blue guy. Uh, 
the from Rebels, not Thrawn. Uh, Ezra's bunkmate. Oh, Zeb. Zeb. Uh, they already had him in Mandalorian for a brief scene. What I wanted was instead of Ahsoka and David Tennant droid to be Jonah or Pinocchio and Geppetto or whatever the fuck in the whale, whoever's all in whales. Like, I don't know. It's weird that it's happened twice, right? Like with Jonah and uh, Pinocchio. Anyway, right. and now Ahsoka was, would be for Hera to come and say, look, I've got Zeb, I've got Chopper, we've got Sabine, and we've got Ahsoka, and we're going to go wreck shit in Thrawn's galaxy and like have a Rebels reunion and go wreck Thrawn's face. And then and then get Ezra back, and it'd be like the full reunion at the very end. And that would have been the end of the series. You've got all the Rebels characters there, and Ahsoka, and they wrecked face on Thrawn, and then we're good. And yeah, they could even have left Thrawn ending. alive on the planet just with nobody else, you know, or something. Or, or he escapes, but they wreck face on the wizards or the witches, and then they chase him back, and they're like, okay, we got this. And then they go, and then it roll credits, and then the movie picks up with that, right? Like, right. that's fine with me, but at least there's some resolution. There's some, like, we actually did something instead of just swap places. Yeah, it was a complete, like I say, if, if you have not watched it and you were listening, watch the fifth episode, which is really cool, interesting. And then yes. if you really want to just know how shitty it is, watch the last episode, and that will give you a very good idea of how bad yeah. all the other episodes are. <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing about watching the fifth episode, because it has none of the other characters, it's just ah- Ahsoka and Anakin. And then you can watch the last episode, you'd be like, who are all these characters? And it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter because they never really explain who they are anyway in the eight yeah. episodes. None so, of them are important, really. They're all losers, so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know my Sarah's, I'm having her watch the Clone Wars with me, the uh, cartoon. And she's like, these Jedi were not very nice. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, they weren't. There's a reason why yeah. everybody wants them gone. <laughs> like Everybody hates them, more or less, other than the Jedi. So, yeah, not that you would know that by modern Star Wars, uh, you know, but they really don't want to talk about political context. That's for sure. The community leaders failed Anakin. It was a failure on the people that were the leaders. They saw something as a threat, fear of attachments. Like they some I don't know, they saw it as a threat. And I think that was a big wrong and how they handled all that. Yeah. One, I don't know that, because um, there's certain religions that have, uh, like, I, I know um, it was, I watched a documentary, it was called, like, Monk with a Movie Camera or something, and it was about this guy who, who became a monk, or not monk with a movie camera, but, like, monk with a camera, because he was a, a photographer. And uh, they said, no, you can't have any attachments, but they, and he was ready to give up his camera, but they kind of, like, encouraged him to keep his camera and to take it out, not frequently, but like to take it out every once in a while and still do some of his photography stuff because they realized that even though this might be a, a, a worldly possession attachment, it still did his soul good. So they understood that. And I thought I read something somewhere where George Lucas might have said, like, the Jedi's rule against attachment isn't that you can't actually have attachments, but you need to put them, you need to understand that you could lose them at any time more of a thing than like don't have them at all you know what i mean right yeah that and like if the force is passed down through offspring you would want your jedi masters to procreate frequently wouldn't you you would sure think so you would sure (laughs) think so yeah that's true 
but I think we have to give our disclaimer, like none of us are Jedi Jedi Masters, uh, so we don't know. Consult your local Jedi Master. Uh, if anything, we said offended Local you. competent Jedi Master. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say here. Contact your local competent Orthodox rabbi. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But, you know, like when I, <laughs> when I have something express a concern to my spiritual mentors or whatever, not like a real concern, like whatever is going on in my life. Like every answer is catered to who, what's going on with my kids and whatever, and all the things that come about that. Um, I got neurodiverse children. The answer is based on like my situation as opposed to like how they handle Anakin. I don't know if this makes sense. Like how they handle Anakin was they, they didn't, they were just trying to give him the dogma and didn't really meet him where he was at. I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're also in the middle of like the largest war in the history of Star Wars. Right. There's sure. layers of uh and 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 and, and they couldn't have said, yeah, we're we're this huge war, so of course Anakin, we we can't give you the help you need, but they were they stuck with their weird like pragmatic dogma and they were like, "Well, we grant you a seat on the council, but you're not a master. Well, don't you make exceptions in wartime? Like, come on. <laughs> like, what's your problem? What's your big deal?" Right. He's one of your more successful commando style generals yeah like you got to throw him a bone right he's out there slaughtering oh, people yeah. on behalf of yeah. your cause uh yes. potentially the most famous warlord you have so that's kind of how yeah. the system works the only one more famous than than him is rudolph <laughs> anyway guys i am done yeah my I'm cigar done. we should probably wrap this up because we could like sipha said we have days of content we could just, oh we yeah. could just uh converse about uh but thank you Sibha, for for huh? uh i was saying thank you Sibha, for uh being a guest on our ahsoka recap review episode we still love you ahsoka just never forget that we we, we have faith we love you how we remember you have faith yes <laughs> we love the memory of you she's our wife <laughs> I thought I'd be more angry about the fact that I don't like the show, but it was just so bad. I just was massively disappointed and I couldn't get mad. I was like, this is just yeah. disappointing. Well, it was disappointing <laughs> that it, it kind of fell in with the rest of the Disney Star Wars series that have come out. Yeah. And their casting was great. Rosario Dawson's wonderful. All the actors yep. I thought were well cast. Yeah. Um, I had no problem with any of the actors. No. Yeah, it, they they, I didn't they even just mind wasted that resources. Thrawn, like I didn't even mind because some people were like, "Well, Thrawn is too fat." I'm like, well, I don't care. Who cares? That's the guy that that did his voice in Rebels. So he's not too I'm fat. Not he's been on a he's been on weird a planet for ten crab years. Planet. He's been eating yeah. nothing but hermit crab for ten years. Okay, you eat hermit right, crab. Let's let another years, cigar because I got like a thousand more questions. Well, let's wrap <laughs> this episode, and then if we want to if we want to sit and talk, we could talk for a little bit longer, but. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Be safe, have fun. Have a good night.